Reading from the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband. You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know from salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks those such as these to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. I am the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? And the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do not say, do you not say four months more then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. 
So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that, it is, that he is truly the Savior of the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday we heard John 3, a story about Nicodemus. Today we hear John 4, the story about the woman at the well. It's a study in contrast. A reminder that it is never the wrong time, or the wrong location, or the wrong situation to meet Jesus. Nicodemus was a Jewish man, uh, living in Jerusalem, a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin. He was powerful. We know his name. His contemporaries did too. He was recognizable. So to hide his interest in Jesus, he went to Jesus at night. The woman at the well was a Samaritan, a member of a disparaged religion in an enemy land. She was not named she had no real power. Sikar was no Jerusalem, and she was no Nicodemus. She was recognizable, but only as an object of scorn. She went to the well at a time of the day when others would not, either as a means to avoid them or as a response to how well they had avoided her. Jesus met her. In the middle of the day. Two chapters, two stories, two very different ways of meeting Jesus, but with one unifying theme. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him may, have, may not perish but have eternal life. I was introduced to Jesus in the cradle. Jesus loves me, this I know. I was nurtured in the church. I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. People have been gracious to me, welcomed me, supported me. You are the light of the world, my friend. That's how my story has gone. Like Nicodemus, with the advantages of religion and gender and race on my side. Others' stories are different. They haven't been told that Jesus loves them. They haven't been shown that there is a place in His church for them. They haven't heard that they have something to offer. The songs that have played in their heads have been, Jesus is disappointed in you, I know. We are the church. We are the church. You'd better get yourself together. We are the light of the world. Not you. That's how some people's stories have gone. It's a hard way to meet Jesus. 
I was reminded recently that John composed his gospel toward the end of his life with the perspective of someone whose life has been profoundly changed by meeting Jesus and who was now getting closer to meeting him again. John set out to make sure others could meet him as well. Like an elder who realizes what matters and what does not. John wanted those who would hear and read his words to have met Jesus so that they might have a relationship with him. So we have these two stories. Two ways to find ourselves in the story. One. Nicodemus, who met Jesus by night for a theological conversation. He sought Jesus out to see what might be true. They talked about God's love for the world while in the spiritual capital of the world. The other, the woman at the well, who came to Jesus, who Jesus came to in the middle of the day. He sought her out and helped her to recognize the truth. She was at a well outside of a spiritual rival's capital, minding her own business until Jesus asked her for help. She lived on the periphery of the world and Jesus went to her. Our first glimpse of what for God so loved the world would mean. And what does God's love for the woman at the well mean? He knows her. He needs her help. He values her. And her relationship with him led to her inviting others to meet him. He knows her. When Jesus told the woman at the well to go and get her husband, he knew what her response would be. She had none. That wasn't her whole story, and Jesus knew that, too. She had had five. Now, some modern readers want to blame her, see in this some moral failing, as if she had the power of Elizabeth Taylor. She did not. This was a nameless woman in the first century. She either was a frequent widow or frequently left by her husbands because she couldn't give them the children that they wanted. Either way, whatever the cause, Jesus knew the deepest shame and hurt of her life. Jesus knew her. And despite of that, or perhaps because of that, he went to her. He went to her as someone who needed help from her. There's something humanizing about needing help from another. There's something empowering about you being the one who can provide help to another. People come together. Relationships are formed when help is needed and help is offered. It's why Father Elias Shakur puts Jews and Christians and Muslims in the same classrooms in Israel. It's how sports makes teammates of people who are from very different walks of life. 
It's the reason you continue to respect someone who sounds selfish when he talks about people in general and yet is generous when it comes to individuals in particular. When you know a person, you make room for her in ways you want, so long as she is just one of those people. And when you know someone has something to offer and you show it, then that person feels valued. Last fall, I found myself contorted under a sink in a tiny bathroom outside of Timmonsville. Jim Harris asked Hank Leak to go change out a faucet, and Hank asked me to go help him. Now, I assumed that would mean me grabbing whatever tool Hank needed as he did the work. What it turned out to mean is Hank gave me whatever tool he decided I needed. So there I was, beneath the sink, twisting in different directions, plumbing at Hank's bidding, helping. Hank convinced me that he needed me for this project, that I was making a significant contribution. I felt valued because a pro like Hank asked me for help. Jesus thirsty, human, went to a well, found a woman who did not know him but could provide for him the thing he lacked, and he asked for her for help. And with the empowerment that he gave her, a relationship began. He showed her that she had value, that she could help, and that she had power as someone who had something he did not. In in turn, she let down her guard and became open to what he had for her. The one thing she lacked. Living water. Life in him. Jesus knew her. Needed her. Valued her. And gave her a story to tell. Instead of her having to go to a special mountain to seek out God, God sought her out and asked her to help him. I am revealed that he knew her greatest shame and hurt, but that that would not keep him from her. In Jesus, God sought out the one that others had left out or perhaps cast out. The woman had a story to tell, until she did. She ran back to her village to the very people from whom she had become estranged and invited them to meet Jesus. She had been transformed. She was no longer the woman at the well. She was now the witness from the well. She becomes someone who could say to her town, For God so loved the world that He came to a well in Samaria. And despite knowing everything about me, he cared for me. Come meet him. And of all things, many Samaritans from that city believed because of the woman's testimony. Jesus loves 
you. We are the church. You are the light of the world, my friends.